Good morning. Welcome to Life Point Church. Hey, we got some good weather outside finally, huh? I love it. Sunshine in, so you'd be able to run to the park after church. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. I got somebody with me today who is much better looking than I am by far. You look good this morning. This is my wife, Kelly. I don't know. Most of y'all know her. Um, Everybody loves Kelly more than they love me. And that's just, that's, that's just true though, right? I mean, how many love Kelly more than you love me? Just be honest. It's, it's, There's it's not about, very many hands going up. Y'all are way too honest in this church. Like, y'all, y'all could have oh, just... Your parents have their hands up. Wait, the, whoa, my parents have got their hands up in the air. Okay. Well, my mom's not in here, though. Otherwise, they're... she'd have hers down. She's right. on your side. <laughs> we got to, like, swapped against each other. Right? <laughs> so, we thought it would be fun if we just kind of hung out with you this morning and uh, talked about something that we all deal with in, in one way or another in marriages. How many of you, you've, you've just had over the years, um, you've, you and your, you date somebody or you're married to somebody and y'all don't get along. You've just seen that argue over silly things. Uh, like in the beginning of, of like when you, before we, we got married, I don't even know if we knew what we were getting into. No, not really. Not really. <laughs> I don't know if we knew what we were getting into, because you, like, when when you're single and you're dating, and you you think marriage is going to be awesome, and it is. Yeah. Marriage <laughs> is awesome. You can have an awesome marriage. Amen? Amen. It can be fun. It can be exciting. It can be great. I I love doing life with with Kelly. She keeps me on my toes. It's just this great big adventure with the two of us. Um, but like, you don't really know somebody though. Until you're like in the same house with them, day after day, after day after day, you know, you once you're married, you get to know somebody on a level that you just can't when you're dating, um, and it's 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 an adventure, man. Like there's some awkward stuff and there's some adjustments that you go through. You guys have probably experienced that, right? Like after you're married, you had to adjust to the person that you were married to, like, we had to, we had to define where the territories were in the bed. <laughs> sharing the bed. Yeah, sharing the bed was a big deal for us, man, because you were like a free-range chicken. You just I, like to move all I over the place. I came with a queen-size bed that I slept in by myself before I met you, and I could sleep like an X or diagonal <laughs> or sideways. And then when you came in, I had to share that space. So... I, now I sleep on the edge of the yeah, king-size bed say, hanging on for dear You life. say share it, though, but you really didn't. Because y'all probably heard me tell this story before, though. Because I, I got abused early on. I think we our, should move on and not share no, this story. No, so I got straight up got <laughs> abused, though. Because I kept, I went on the streak for a little while. Where we, had, I don't know, we hadn't been married for very long at all. But I would wake up every day, and my face and my nose was just killing me. And I didn't know why. Okay. What in the world's going on? I thought I know if it was allergies or what. I felt like I'd done like ten rounds with Floyd Mayweather, man. I just like beat. I don't know what was going on. But one night, I was laying there, hadn't gone to sleep yet, and somebody rolled over. And when she rolled over, this hand right here just went pow and hit me. She was beating me up in her sleep, y'all. You're actually you not telling me. the story credit right because no, I feel like I need to have some credit here. You were actually asleep. See, this is where I mess <laughs> up tag team preaching with my wife because I can't tell the stories like I want to. I woke, I was asleep, and I woke up in this motion right here, and I think I came to right about here, 
<laughs> and I couldn't stop it. So, and out of all my integrity and everything, he said, man, my nose hurts. I told you what happened. So see the kindness and goodness of my I heart? I can't believe we're about to fight in front of everybody here <laughs> this morning. It's, it's not over bit. yet. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of crazy adjustments. So then, Cooking, food. What about that? We eat a little bit different. Like polar opposites. A little bit. Like way, way different. I did get that. That's not how my mom makes it once, so. And we're still married. That's pretty good. That was pretty. Hey, it was early. It was early. Wait a minute. You know what? I can tell how this is going to go already. So let's go ahead and just pick sides. Who's Team Kelly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to be Team Pastor Anointed by God, Josh? (laughs) Yeah. See, there we go. The man got my back on this. Uh, so, there were some guys that raised their hand for me. Y'all are jacked up, people. Support the pastor <laughs> is what you're supposed to be doing. There's there's so much that adjusting that you have to do, and you find out that well, you you love this person and you got so much in common with them. There's a lot of stuff that you don't have in common with them, and we thought it would be cool just to run down like a question list real fast of just things, and we're kind of we, we haven't looked at this in a while, so we're kind of flying blind on some of it to see. Where we land on this. You ever notice how different you are from your spouse on a lot of stuff? Completely different likes. Well, we got uh, our boy, uh, Pastor Jeremy, is going to come up here and help us out with some of this. Y'all show some love to Pastor Jeremy. He comes up here. Thank you, guys. Hey, go ahead and cancel lunch because there's three people up here with a mic. Yeah. 36 hours. Right. I love you guys. Hey, we're going to have some fun because I've had a lot of caffeine. Can we say amen for caffeine? I don't even know if I said caffeine right. All right. Speaking of caffeine, do you like coffee? Heck yeah. No. No. Hate it. Really? See, this is what I don't understand how I could end up marrying somebody that is not a coffee drinker. Because God created coffee. Coffee is good. That's what I'm saying. You know what God did at the end of creation on that last day when he took a rest? He had a cup of coffee. That's what I'm saying. He had a cup of coffee, and it was good. Coffee's good. I can't believe you don't like coffee. I could take, like, one coffee ground and put it in anything, and you'd detect it, and I don't think you would. It's true. I would. All right, what's the next one we got? All right. Morning person or night owl? Morning person. Mm. I hate mornings. Oh I had to gosh. be because God didn't give me a taste for coffee, so I had to just naturally start mm. this day out wide awake and ready to go. Yeah, I'm so not a morning Don't talk person. to him before he's had 30 minutes worth of coffee in him. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that, though, right? You need to ease into the Incoherent. day. Man, you just got to get some rhythm about the day, though. But on the flip side of that, like, she, she's so not a night person. No, it's true. <laughs> no, for real. Like, we'll try to be, like, real ambitious and say, we're going to hang out tonight. All right, let's watch a movie. So we'll sit down to watch the movie, and, like, 15 minutes into it, she's out cold. I'm like, what just happened? It's 8.15. What's going on? You're asleep. It's not my fault. It's genetic. Yeah. So watch a that. movie with anyone else in my family. We all do. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I think I know the answer to this, but I might be surprised. Warm-natured or cold-natured? Mm. Cold-natured? Yeah, by far. She's so I'm I'm warm-natured uh-huh. all the way. I, I I loathe summer. 
I, I like fall and winter. I don't, I'm not big I on. like all the seasons, but I don't like to be freezing in my own house when it's 100 degrees outside. Yeah, but you freeze if it's 70 degrees in the house. That's so not I don't true. It's different. 70 that... degrees in the house without the sun shining on you is far different than 70 degrees outside with the sun shining on your face. It doesn't Unless feel like robust. 70 degrees. No, I, you have been shivering with blankets on, and I've gone to check the thermostat in the house, and it's on like 72. Well, that's 70, just where it is where the thermostat is, not necessarily where like we are. When we sleep, I've got a sheet, and she's got, like, she could have a woolly mammoth on top of her at night to keep her warm, and she would still catch a chill. It's not I, think. I don't know. So we're different. We're different that way. Oh, man, you didn't surprise me. <laughs> kind of bummed. Um... Who has the better sense of direction? Me. Me. Don't even no. listen to his answer. I do. No, you have your sense of direction. No. It's just... What? No. Look, y'all answer this question for me, for real. Y'all can help us out a little bit. This, this isn't getting awkward for y'all, is it? Um, why do they have more than one road to get to a destination? Because there's more than one road to get to a destination, Right. That's what I'm saying. There can be more than one way to get there, though. You just like, if it's not Kelly's way. But if we could get there in 10 minutes, why go 20 minutes? We could get there in 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Still. I, I, I just I have to be careful here. She likes, I've just given up on this. Sometimes you just have to give up on things because it's just not worth going any further with. She she likes to give directions and she's you're okay you're an okay navigator. For three and a half years, I sat with a map book on my lap and gave you you directions, though. Okay. Yeah. So you can't just turn that off. I guess, but I'm just like we'll get there eventually. You know what I mean? Hey Kelly, how do we get here? Guys, am I right? We're gonna get there. Where are we? We're gonna get there. We know what's going on. Not on time though. (laughs) There's like five people that know what a map book is. (laughs) Right. I know. <laughs> All right. What do we, what All right. We got? When driving, is the mission to get from point A to point B or to enjoy the journey? <laughs> we already know that one. <laughs> point A to point B. True. Got to be point A to point B. I, point look, A to point B. Let's get life there. Life is to point A to point B. I'm just like, you, God created. Who wants to sit in a car all day long? Let's yeah. enjoy day long. point B where we get there. Let's enjoy the destination. Man, I'm all about the journey. Life is about the journey. No. No, not the destination. We're here. We're going here. Let's go here. <laughs> I'm not even going to mess with that. I'm not even going to mess with that. Pastor Josh is going to ride in the car with you to about 15 minutes after church, and we'll revisit That's a good question. point, Jeremy. He doesn't ride in the car with the children mm. frequently. Mommy, what's that? What's that? What's that? Go faster, Mommy. Mommy, 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 Mommy. I do drive faster the when the Point A, point me. B, get out of that car. Ooh. I do drive a lot faster when the kids are with me. My blood rate goes <laughs> up when I get in the car with my kids. All right, who's the romantic one? He is. Oh, by far. <laughs> nice. Dude, I got mad game. This isn't even I'm a... just saying. <laughs> he definitely does. Game. I, do I got nothing. Real. Hey, you can still have game nothing. after you're married, right? <laughs> you, can, you can have some game after you're married. So what you is game, Pastor Josh? Like... Hey, you know what? <laughs> for the millennials. This is for the, for the millennials. What is game? I walked into that one. I'll put it this way. Come next week, we're going to be talking about sex and romance in the marriage. And it's going to be awesome. Come here for that. And we'll ex- 
explore the whole game just a little bit. It'll, it'll be good. It'll be PG-13. It won't be terribly embarrassing, but uh, you can bust out some. Hey, you can bust out some good lines on like for today. Stop. I could be like, no, for real though. Are next those... week when I'm not sitting on the stage with you. <laughs> did y'all hear the for real dough? Though? <laughs> no, like. <laughs> Are, are those? Are those? Stop. Are you wearing space pants? No, go away. Um, are you wearing space yeah. pants? I'm going to tell a story about you. Butts out of this and world. Your, roma- your actual, your actual real romantic self, and not this. Uh, okay. Yeah, we, can... we were dating, <laughs> and he said, "Hey, let's go on a date." Or I don't remember how you asked me out one time. And he said, "I'm going to meet you here," and I showed up to this park. And he had, this was when he was in Master's Commission, so he had all these Master's Commission students around him. I show up to this park, and there's this path of rose petals leading down through the park to where he is. He's got candles, a picnic laid out, and he wrote a poem for me. I think we were dating, I think this was our six-month dating anniversary, too. So he is definitely the romantic one of the two of us. Yeah. Hey, guys, you got to be able to turn it on, though, when you need to, He's good. I do have a question, though. Master's Commission, would that be the Master's Commission where you're not supposed to date, you little sinner? This was uh, after that, well, boy. This was after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. they're, they're hardcore on the I'm first just saying. year. They give you some flexibility in their <laughs> second, third year. You don't, you don't tell anybody. <laughs> the letter of the law. <laughs> it's a long time ago. It's all all right. Time. Would you rather be inside or outside? Outside. outside. Okay. All day long. But well, we got different ideas of outside, too, though. A little bit. Because, like, I like going camping and chilling. I like doing that, too, though. Yeah, but you ride horses and stuff. It's very different. Uh, That's fun. But it's still outside. It's outside. She likes to go hiking. Yeah. Dude. He wants to sit in a chair. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I sit in a chair and fish or sit in front of a fire or whatever, cook something on the grill. You know, that's good fun right there. Come on, let's go hiking. You remember when we were in, I don't even know if you remember this, we were going up, we're up in Gatlinburg somewhere because we got a little bit oh, of redneck in us. We like to go to Gatlinburg. I do remember. And you were like, hey, let's pull over and let's go check out this waterfall. We saw this sign for a waterfall, you know. It's like, all right, let's go check out the waterfall. Kelly wanted to go on a little hike. So we started walking to the waterfall. And I noticed the, the grade to us walking to the waterfall is kind of steep as we were going. And I now it's downhill going, downhill oh, walking, geez. yeah, walking down steep down, going down to the waterfall. <laughs> and all these people, like I noticed, we weren't seeing very many people coming up from the waterfall, and we were like the only people going down to the waterfall when we were there. So I'm like, this is weird. And as we got closer. I started hearing screams in the distance, oh, and it was like, and there was like it fell into this big pool, and people were down there swimming. But I think they were down there swimming because they figured they were stuck, because to come back up from the waterfall, you had to hike up stinking Mount Everest basically to get back up to the car. So about two thirds of the way down there, people were just like walking up this hill, heading back to their car, all red-faced, and we got closer, and people were just, they just had this look of doom on their face, and I'm like, this waterfall might not be worth it, but Kelly's like, let's go to the waterfall, let's go to the waterfall, so 
We're going down to the waterfall. And at one point, we got pretty close. And I'm pretty sure there was a lady there that just given up on life. And she was like, please, just take my baby. Take my baby and go. Is the question, who's the most dramatic out of the two of you on there? Yeah, that's nice. Because I think everyone knows the answer to that already. But we did. It wasn't that bad. He just wasn't was a fan horrible. of it. There were a lot of people hiking this trail. I, don't, I just don't want to sit there all day. I'm saying enjoying the outdoors does something. not have to involve sweat and labor. It also doesn't that's, have to involve sitting like, around staring That's at coming leaves. really close to yard work, and that's... <laughs> all right, I just say That'll preach. That'll preach. We can close with that, actually. Pretty much. With the, with the oh, sweat. man. Okay, so do you like food heavily seasoned or mild? Dude. Mild. Load it up. <laughs> Load it up. She, mild is, you like bland stuff, though. Yeah. Kind well, of. that's how I ate it growing up, so you can blame my mom for oh, that. She, oh, <laughs> she's not even in here. That's, she, that's she's low. not in her defender self. <laughs> What, what do we say? Like if, if your food was a person, they they would be dressed in burlap. Over, oh. <laughs> it'd be dressed in burlap over in a corner at the mall, all by themselves, socially awkward, and would talk to people with a hand puppet. You know, because they just totally, totally, to make two meals, totally his meal and my meal. You know? I like to taste the food, man. I like to I taste the food, also not the seasoning. It depends on what it is. I, I don't know. I will go with this, though, like steak. You can over-season steak, so it's good just to stick, okay. stick to the basics. All right. No, it's all right. All right. <laughs> what style would you use to decorate your house? <laughs> hey, I'll let you go first. I like more of a, a country feel. Not Hate it. <laughs> Sorry. Was that too, what, what was that too what soon? What do you... <laughs> Sorry. What's your style? Why don't you tell everybody what, what your style is? Look, I like, like a real clean, modern kind of look. What he means is cold and unfeeling, uncomfortable, unwelcoming. That's what he wants. Nothing hanging on the walls, uncomfortable furniture, and nothing in the house other than everything that is absolutely necessary to sit on or set something on. walking paths are important. Space I like important. walking paths, like but I like a couch in. that's going to hug you when you sit on it. When people come in, they go, oh, this is a nice home, not an office. <laughs> mm. the, look at the pictures of the family hanging on the wall instead of that's a lovely Fannie yeah. Mae Brown color on Kelly. your wall. This is, what, <laughs> this is why. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right buy it or make it? Make it. <laughs> buy it. No, all make it. Buy it. <laughs> Life's too short, man. You gotta buy it. No, nope. I stand there and I look at something. I can make that. I'm not gonna buy that. I'm gonna spend three times as much on it, but I'm gonna make it myself. That's great. <laughs> so and he's true. like, "Why are you wasting your time?" It means Just something. Buy it. <laughs> but I talk myself out of making it because I'm like, it costs more. But it's mine. It has my personal touch on it. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got good. one that I want to ask because I've stood up here and I've not chased any rabbits. Oh snap! Uh, who are the kids more like? Oh wow! Oh, it depends on which child. Um, Hannah is all him. <laughs> the only thing she got no, from me you, was maybe my sweet I was tooth. Say you had something to do with with her. It wasn't just me. If I didn't give birth to her, I would she think she came from somebody else. She's so much your child. I don't know. That's, Abby is definitely a little more like you Abby's, right now. Abby's me. She's a little on the crazy side. She's adventurous. Hannah's very cautious. 
Don't yeah. do that, Mom. When she was four years old, we were coming out of the grocery store, and she was in the cart, and I was pushing her and then jumping on the cart. And she's like, Mom, stop. That's not safe. I stared at her. I was like, who are you? Who is this kid? That's so true. Abby's like, I can jump off the second floor down into there. No problem. I can do this. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess how that, that's how that lands. And she got your, Hannah definitely has your dramatic sense. She's expressive. We'll that's that. a good, that's She's a expressive. good term. She's expressive. We'll have expressive. to remember expressive. We'll call it that. Okay. That's awesome. All right, give these guys a hand this morning <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. for being able to navigate these questions. <laughs> yeah. We're, Should we step down? Are we qualified are we to do this? I don't know. Like, we're so different in so many in, in so many different ways, but like if if you're not not careful, like the like the natural differences that you have with a person that you're like in a serious dating relationship with, or the person that you're you're married to, can can turn into like some really petty situations really fast. Like straight up, let me just say, how many of y'all have ever had an argument with your husband or your wife? Ever in the history of did. your marriage, we just did in front of everybody. Yeah, well, we had a like a discussion <laughs> on us. Okay. I don't know because we're so okay. different. But sorry, yeah, you had an argument. How many of y'all have had an argument with your husband or your wife in the last year? <laughs> All right, it. I'll. We'll, this will be as close as we go. In the last three months, you've had a we'll call it a heated discussion with your <laughs> husband or your wife. The last three. All right, because we're different in in a lot of ways, and and a lot of times. Those those differences turn into aggravations, though. I don't. I would. It. They turn into silly disagreements. Like you, when you think about some of the stuff that you guys have probably fought with your spouse over, if you look back to the beginning, have y'all ever just had arguments that just started over absolutely nothing before? Just at level, we've had some crazy arguments. A few times. A few times, just over nothing though. The socks. We don't need to talk about the socks. We're going to talk about the socks because I never get to defend myself on the socks story. We don't need to talk about the socks. He shared this story mm. in our first year of marriage, I think. We should all, y'all want to pray? Everybody no, get together. No, because they all get to hear my side of the socks story now. So I think, and I'm going to tell it this time. You're not, I'm not even going to interject. I'm going to tell it. Okay. So when we were early on <laughs> in our marriage, sometime in the first few years of our marriage, we were working together, and he did a lot of cutting grass. Okay? So when he would come home, he would take his socks off. But he wouldn't pull his socks off. He would roll his socks off. So they would be in a ball. So then when I would go to do laundry. You are already turning on me. She hadn't even finished They know because they've heard the story and they're like, there's another side to this when they've heard it the first few times. So now they're, they're ready to hear the truth about this story. So he would, they would be in a wadded up in a ball. And then when I would go do the laundry, I would either have to unwad them before they went in or I finally got to the point where I would just throw them. So then I would either have a clean load of laundry and you would go and open this sock. <laughs> Grass everywhere, all over a clean load of laundry. Everywhere. You Grass. Just made it That's sound like one exploding sock. confetti. It was. <laughs> it was, it was like... exploding confetti. Grass confetti. Okay, so you're touching someone's nasty, sweaty sock and then it's covered in grass. So all I asked him was, can you please unroll your socks before you put them in the dirty clothes? That's it. That's it. He makes it sound like it's this crazy request. We, we, 
discussed yeah, but no, that you, one a tell lot. Tell them how it manifested, though. That's what I'm saying. It would it would come up several times, though. I think that, it still comes look, up. Now, listen. <laughs> I was a hardworking man who was out. I'm laying it on thick. <laughs> I was out trying to provide for my family. I just want you to know, Tony's sitting out right in the there. Cold, Tony's sitting right there. World and he's going to answer this next question because for us. I love that woman who was at home. Who was working time. alongside you? Okay, you were there working who too. Who was working this alongside you? This is my story, you. though. I'm telling them. Okay, you were there, but I was still working hard. Uh-huh. And and I was I was working hard though, and I would come home, and it's the last little bit of strength that I had. <laughs> I would take my socks off, and and I get it. Maybe I probably look. I'll own it. I probably could have unrolled them. Probably and, could have unrolled them. The little grass shake thing and, and all of that, but. I just, I remember walking to the kitchen one time. I was walking into the kitchen, and I said, hey, Kel, you, you want something to drink while I'm in here? And you're like, yeah, can I get a, a glass of water? And hey, how about you start unrolling your socks, too, while you're at it? It's like it started coming out in crazy stuff. Well. Like we'd go out to eat. You want some ketchup? Yeah. And you know what else I'd want? Simple solution to that. I your Every time. I and knew then what it, you it want. leaves the conversation. It never comes up again. How do we resolve that? Do you even remember? Did I start doing my own Quit laundry? Quick cutting grass. Quick cutting grass. But I started doing you my own laundry. You did start doing then. your own laundry, but that was for a whole nother reason. Yes. Preach it. Y'all want to know why? Let's move on. Let's what? move on. Y'all want to know why I started doing my own laundry? <laughs> Because it would, this is this is great therapy, by the way. This is awesome. No, no. because look, everybody's got their things. Like, like, ladies, look, you got more things to do in your daily to do thing. Are than, you making up a story? No, I'm not <laughs> making up. A, I'm not making up. You got more things to do <laughs> than to sit around and do somebody's laundry. I get that. So I, I know where you're coming from. But she would start to do the laundry. And, you know, like you get things washed and you get to dried and then it would just sit in the baskets and then piles and stuff. Because we've got other stuff going on. And I'm like, you know what? Instead of having to do all this laundry by yourself. Oh, my gosh. I'll just start doing my laundry so that I can get it washed and clean and all that and then put back where it kind of needs to go. And If anyone and ever believes that that actually came out that way. I'm just saying, we've, we've had, are we giving y'all hope? this morning so far y'all aren't as <laughs> jacked up as you think you are either that or we're really jacked up and y'all are just being polite we might like be this. It's, we it's might crazy be. disagreements though and little things i think um lead to bigger things though if you're not careful it's just silly disagreements can turn into big stuff in a hurry in a hurry that, that's true i know for me when we'd have disagreements or something and it wouldn't get resolved right away. I don't know if anybody else does this, but in my brain I'd be going over the situation and then stuff would get added to it and I would go and all of a sudden I would start adding your thoughts and your ideas on this this um, this discussion we were having or disagreement and it became this massive <laughs> snowball effect in my brain. So something that started out as small or even silly suddenly became so personal and so real to me and so big, and suddenly it was this major issue because I had dwelt on it in my mind and gone over it and over it, and I'd added to the story, and I'd added things, and, well, this is why he's feeling this, and this is this, and, and just going and going and adding and adding to it, and suddenly it was this major, major issue, and then when we'd finally come back to talk about it, we realized 
nope, it was still just that silly small thing that we just needed to discuss and work out from the beginning instead of letting yeah. it become this big, massive, major thing. Yeah. It was crazy. It's true. It, like, it's so easy early on because after a while, I don't know, it, it can be real easy to fall into like this dysfunctional cycle in a marriage where you fight to the death over the most petty things. Like you can go from you didn't put gas in the car to you never think about me. You never appreciate me. You know, no, I just forgot to put gas in the car. I'm sorry. I did, that just blows up real fast. And it is crazy. Like it just snowballs and it builds and it snowballs and it builds and this little stuff turns into big things. And it's real easy to fall into a dysfunctional lifestyle. Look, it's not normal to argue incessantly with a person. That's dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional. It's not normal to do that. Normal people, look, we disagree because we've got differences. I get that. But to be caught in a dysfunctional cycle of constantly fighting and nitpicking and, and just nipping at each other over, over little things, it's real easy to fall into, man. But that's not God's picture for your marriage. Amen? That's not how God wants it to be. It doesn't have to be that way in your dating relationships. It doesn't have to be that way in your marriage. I think you can kind of kind of get find a way to, to work past that. Well, and this and is not, this holds true also in your friendships. You know, we're talking a lot about marriage and stuff today too. But in your friendships you can I actually recently had a friendship that almost came to a close from something like this that the friend had done that it really aggravated me. And I kind of, I didn't deal with it and address it and I let it become this. And I almost ended the friendship and then I stopped and pulled back and I've got years and years of time with this person. And this person has poured into my life tremendously and I'm about to allow a friendship to come to a close, you know, just easily and gradually, you know, of course, because I'm a non-confrontational kind of person. I don't like to fight and argue. And, um, and I almost let that end because of something silly instead of just saying, you know what, that's not who this person is. That's not what's going on. So, so even though we're talking a lot about marriage and stuff today, you can tie these principles over into friendships and, and every relationship you have yeah. across the board in your life. Yeah, it's true. And somebody said to me, we were, I was having this conversation with this guy about marriage way back in the day and just relationships in general. And it really applies to marriage, what this guy said. He, he said, look, if you aren't careful... Um, you, you can fall into dysfunctional lifestyles and become sparring partners with, with, your, with your spouse and the people that you're married to. But then he said in relationships, this just blew me away, in relationships were mirrors that will either reflect issues and faults or reflect the heart of God. And I think a lot of times in marriages, one of the traps that we fall into is that we are so quick to point out and reflect the shortcomings of the people that we're in that relationship with. Well, you don't do this. You don't do that. Well, if you would do this, if you would do that, and it's all them, 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 and it's real easy to reflect somebody else's shortcomings. The opposite of that, though, is that you could reflect the heart of God towards somebody, just radically different, because while... God's heart towards us, when he looks at us, he sees all of our faults. Man, it's covered with love. It's covered with love. And I, I'm grateful that God's not a God that, that nitpicks and, and points out faults and failures. He, can, he kind of exposes and shows things, but he gives you a path to correct and grow. It's all covered with love and with grace. And I think if our approach towards our spouse shifts a little bit, where we stop becoming 
that mirror that's always reflecting their faults, their failures, how they aren't getting things done, how they are always doing this and they're always doing that. If we can capture the heart of God and allow that to begin to shine through and reflect that love to our spouse, man, well, you will see a radical difference in your relationships. You'll see a radical difference in how you, you process through disagreements, I think, and, and differences of opinions on things. Because we differ on a lot of stuff, um, even down to sometimes we differ on uh, on how we deal with the kids. It's true. With things, you know, different styles for different things. Sometimes she just wants to kill them. It's true. And I'm like, no, let's don't kill them today. If they're still this crazy tomorrow, we'll get rid of them and go to Walmart and get a new set, you know, whatever we got to do. Um, so it, we, we kind of flow with each other that way. I think you got to ask yourself a real honest question, though, if you're married. Because constantly fighting and constantly bickering, it's dysfunctional. I mean, it's exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. How many of y'all have ever had a knockdown, drag-out fight with your husband or your wife and thought, man, I am just so full of life. I'm just so <laughs> full of joy. I just can't wait to go outside and experience all that life and God has for me. Yeah, It's exhausting, man. And to be caught in a cycle like that, man, it just absolutely wears you out, both emotionally and spiritually, if you're not careful. So you've got to ask yourself just a real honest question, I think, um, to begin correcting what might be a dysfunctional pattern in your relationship. If you're arguing all the time, you've got to ask yourself, are you going to fight in your marriage or are you going to fight for your marriage? Okay? Are you going to fight in your marriage or are you going to fight for your marriage? Now God's heart towards us, listen, is not for us to be constantly bickering or fighting in our marriages. Never, never, never. He wants us to fight for our marriage. Amen? Everybody say, fight for. Fight. fight for your marriage. That's it right there. You're a team. You're working together. You fight for your marriage. Your spouse is not your enemy. They're the ones that God has put beside you to do life with. They're the ones that God has put beside you to fight for you, to fight alongside you. It's like I always see like us pulling out swords, and I'll, I'll go, we'll go to battle together, and I'll, take him, I'll try to cut his head off, and you kick him in the knees. It's whatever we need to do to fight the devil. Just fighting together, um, just fighting for your marriage, or are you fighting in it? I, I, I want to be with us always in a spot where we're fighting for our marriage because... You have to be careful because I think, too, with us, a lot of our fights, disagreements, heated arguments um, come when we're exhausted. Oh, God, every time. Yeah. We're tired. One or both of us. A lot of times both of us are tired at the same time. I don't... I don't know why that happens, but we both seem to be tired. Yeah. And we just have to stay, take a step back. Because, man, at that point, even I noticed it with the kids, man, you're just done. You don't have the patience to be nice and listen. You just want to take a stab at somebody. And that usually <laughs> happens to be your spouse, right? You're like, I don't care who it is. I just need to hit someone verbally. or with. <laughs> it, yeah, when you look back, like every time we've both been going at it, and, and it's been a while, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> but, but every time in the past, it's always been because we were just exhausted yeah. And didn't it, we didn't really know then, I think, how to walk away when things were headed in the wrong direction. You know, that that's a big tool, man. If Look, if y'all you, you, know what it's like. Sometimes it's better just walk away and come back and finish this, a discussion later. That's just a mature thing to do, you know. Uh, it's just being real. Sometimes it's good just to come back. I remember I remember one time uh, we were just, I forget what we were doing. We, we, we had gotten in from work. And we were just exhausted. I remember that. 
and I don't remember. I don't even remember what the fight was over. But we had probably the ugliest fight we had ever had uh, that that I can remember. I mean, it was yelling and screaming, and and I was you know I was getting out stuff from when I was six years old, apparently, and just screaming. And she was screaming back at at me. This is years ago, and I remember she ran into the bathroom and shut the door. Just done. And I remember getting so mad, I almost went into a blind rage and went up to the door, couldn't get it open. And I remember just, ah, just kicking the door. Just, um, and we had this mirror that um, was attached to the door so you could do your hair and, and look all pretty and stuff. And, no, and those were the days where I didn't fix my hair. I'm not sure what it was for. <laughs> yeah, well, it was there. And I, when I kicked the door, I, I kicked that thing, kicked the mirror, and it just, just cracked. Top to bottom, everywhere. It just cracked all over the place. And I remember staring at myself in that mirror. I don't know how, it, it seemed like forever. Just stopped. And I saw myself and was like, wow, I just lost complete control. I'm looking at myself in this broken mirror. And I thought, I never, ever, ever, ever want to go to this place in our marriage again, ever. Not emotionally. I, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to get to the point where we're fighting. It was over something silly, too, that just blew up into, like, this volcanic thing. And um, I just, I remember thinking, it's just not worth it. This right here is just not worth it. It's not worth fighting in your marriage. It's always worth fighting for your marriage. And I remember that was a big a changing point to me because I had always had, um, even from a kid, and my mom and dad could probably tell you if you ever get them in a corner and talk to them, I had this huge issue with anger. And I was so mad at, at life and so mad at the world and, and so mad at because I've been burnt so many times by so many people in church settings and you know, friendships and stuff like that. It just crazy. And I took it real personal. And I just assume beat the mess out of you, then talk to you there for a little while in my life. I had a lot of stuff I was working out of me. And even um, just early in our marriage at that time, I was still working a lot of it out of me and praying through and allowing God to work in my heart to release all of that. And it just would just come out um, in those arguments, man. It, and it was so not healthy at all. Uh, and I just remember thinking, I'm so disgusting right now. There's no way I'm pleasing God. I got my wife on the other side of this door crying her eyes out. This just is not worth it. Um, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I think that was a big turning point for me in, in learning how to uh, communicate with you in a way that would um, prevent a lot of that stuff, but at the same time begin to understand my role as a husband and how I should respond to you. I think that was, that was a huge deal. Um, I think the biggest turning point for me is probably around the same time. I know those first few years were a little rough for were, us. You know, we, we worked together, though. So we did ministry together. We, worked, we were together all the time. We had one vehicle. We literally were together first thing. I mean, 24-7 all the time. Good, we very, yeah. had very little time apart. So we had plenty of opportunity to, to go at it. But I remember sitting there one time after having an argument, and then I just stopped myself, and I was like, why am I looking at my husband this way? And I stopped and I said, does my husband love me? And I, yes, he does. I know my husband loves me with all of his heart. 
okay, so I'm fighting over something because I'm not getting my way. I'm angry with him because he's misunderstanding me or whatever. So I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to stop every time we disagree on something. And before it goes to a fight, you know, defending, defending myself on everything, I'm going to stop and look at things from his perspective. You know, first mm-hmm. of all, the first question, does my husband love me? Does he have my best interest in mind? And the answer is always yes. And I was like, I may not always agree with his decision, but my husband loves me and he cares for me and he is making the best decisions he knows how. We're doing this together for the first time. He's now responsible for another human being. And so I would. I'd be so angry inside because I'm a super independent person. You know, my dad taught me to be independent. You know, I don't need you. That's my thing. I don't need you. I can do it all by myself, you know. But I'm here with you and I want to be with you and I, I need to submit to you and I need to work with you. And so I just stopped. Every time I get upset, I'd ask myself these questions. I would just stop and go, okay, what is his motive in his decision right now? And it started to change things for me because I just stopped and it was like, okay, so we quit fighting as much. You know, I think he had his little revelation. I had mine and it didn't seem like we fought all the time anymore and things started to work better. I mean, we still had our moments for sure, but, but things started working out because we, we both stopped to look at, you know, the truth and the bottom, bottom line of the issue that was really going on there. Yeah. Well, James four, Um, We'll get into some scripture now. James chapter 4, verse 1, reads like this. says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Some translations say from your evil desires. Some translations even break it down and say from your selfish desires that battle within you. Um, Conflict at its root, and it comes from selfishness. Self. Every time... In marriage, when you and I are, are bumping heads, when I counsel people and they're bumping heads in, in their marriage, it always is one or even both of the people are being extraordinarily selfish, and it's just blown up into this big issue, um, and it could easily be resolved. And the polar opposite, though, of, of selfish conflict in relationships is the way that God laid out how a marriage is supposed to operate. You know, God's got a plan for your marriage. God's got a plan for your role in that marriage. In Ephesians chapter 5, it reads like this. We read this last week. This is kind of a foundational scripture for this whole series. We're going to go back to it again next week also. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for your relationship with Jesus, you submit to one another. Wives, submit to your own husbands. As you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, also the wife should submit to her husbands and to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. It always goes back to Jesus as our example, just like Jesus did, and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, after all, no one has ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for it, just as Christ does the church, for he members of one body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to the wife, and two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ. In the church. 
our marriages are meant to be a reflection. I said this last week. It's meant to be a reflection of the relationship between Jesus and his church. When Jesus came to this earth, he gave 100% of himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He gave himself 100% to his church. In response to his love, the church gives 100% of ourselves to him. That's how a marriage is supposed to look. Two people giving 100% of themselves to the person that they're married to. Not someone demanding that the person cross over to their side of the argument, but someone who's preferring the other person and serving them just like Christ served the church and gave himself up for the church. It's a beautiful picture there. We talked last week about how you can't give something that you don't have. We talked about being whole and complete. Y'all remember that? Because you have to be one as a person in order to be one in a marriage. You can't be one as a person outside of your relationship with Jesus. It's just not going to work. You're never going to have balance. You're never going to have peace. You're never going to have unity in your marriage the way that God wants you to if you don't have the core of your relationship with Jesus. Once you start to stray from that, self starts to explode in your life. And you're going to have nothing but issues and fights time and time again. Every time I sit down and I counsel a married couple and we go down, we, we finally get down to what the deal is. 99.9% of the time, the truth is neither one of them or one of them or one of the two of them has strayed and, and messed up in their relationship with God and neglected it. And self is starting to raise its ugly head. 99% of the time, it call comes down to, to self. Well, what do you think about that? Well, I think people misunderstand this a lot, and they take this and pick the pieces of this verse that they want, you know, because it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And, you know, before I was married, I was like, yes, you know, wives, submit. But when it comes time to actually do that, you're like, this is harder than what I thought. But you showed me early on, though, that the beautiful part about wives submitting to your husbands, it's not that the husband is there to run over his wife like a freight train. The husband is in charge. He's the head of the house, and he has to answer to God for the decisions that he makes. But you're a beautiful team together. And this is the way I see it always in our relationship. Can I jump in real fast? Yeah. Go I for love it. That. <laughs> she said that the guy's accountable to God for what happens in the house. Listen, by the way, that's whether or not you step up to the role or not. Yeah. You're accountable whether you take on that responsibility or not because God's either going to look at you and say, awesome, you were the spiritual head, or he's going to look at you and he's going to hold you accountable for neglecting that responsibility in your household. Guys, I don't want to be the dude that stands in front of God and he looks at it and says, man, why weren't you the spiritual head of your household? Because we're going to have to give an account for that. It's just something to think about. Go ahead. But you always, um, I always felt like my husband holds me like this, though. You know, that he, he cherishes me and he cares for me. And um, in our marriage, you don't, you know, he's responsible, but he, he's got me right here, you know, and we're working as, as a team. When we have decisions to make, he comes and asks me. He never just goes, well, I'm the man of the house. I can spend money on whatever mm-hmm. I want to. I'm the man of the house. I can do this. I, he comes to me and says, hey, I want to buy this. Do you think this is a good decision for us to do? You know, or I want to do this. Is this a good decision? You know, he respects my opinion and he values Absolutely. me. He values my opinion. He's not trying to run over me. He's not trying to overpower me. And then when you come up to a situation where you just dis- disagree 100 percent you know we've had that in our times and i'm like he's just wrong i know he's dead wrong in this 
But then I have to look at him and I have to say, but he's the head of the house and he has to answer to God. So as the wife, I'm going to submit and let him make that decision. I think he's dead wrong. I do. But I have to take a step back and know again, he's got this family, this house, me in his best interest, in my best interest, you know, whatever he's, he cares about us. He's not trying to put himself first. He's not trying to Lord his authority and his power over me. He's stepping into the role that God has put him in. And so it becomes a beautiful picture of you working together as a team. And it's, it's a matter of respect. I have to respect him and his decisions and I have to respect his intelligence, you know, to do. And a lot of times you see, um, where you'll see families, everybody's seen these where the woman runs the house, you know, um, a strong woman like that needs a strong man because when you're a strong woman like that, we're going to push until you step into that role. And you fill that role for us. If we see you not filling that role, guess who's going to step into it? We're going to step into it. So you have to come. And I think I've grown more from this man than any other person I've ever met in my life. And some of the harshest things have been said to me by this man out of love and teaching me how to grow. And he said some hard things. And sometimes I've been like, oh, well, walk away. I mean, while we were dating, he said some hard things to me. Nobody else on the planet would have stayed with you through that. But I don't know. I guess God would have. Awesome. He blinded me to him or something. But... Um, but it's because I respect him as a man of God, you know, so I allow him, you know, to say those things to me and I take them and receive them. And, um, that's the way it works. It works as a beautiful picture, not one person attacking the other one person lording over the other person, but, but being there working as a team together. Yeah. And everything we're supposed to do in our relationships keys off of Jesus as our example. Amen. Yeah. Keys off of him as an example. Um, Philippians Chapter 2 is an absolutely powerful block of scripture that we're fixing to get into here because at the end of the day, and this is, I told you guys, I would give you something that would just knock out and eliminate about 95% of potential arguments and fights in your marriage straight from the Bible. And this is it right here in a cute little phrase. Um, If you want to knock it all out, you got to focus on your role, not your rights. Focus on your role in your marriage, not your rights. Two people submitting to each other. Focus on your role, not your rights. Because it's easy. It's easy to, to, to jump in and try to fight for what you perceive to be your rights in the marriage. Listen... When you're married, biblically, listen, you don't cease to exist as an individual, but you give up your rights for the betterment of your spouse. What? Don't look at me like I'm speaking Greek or something right now. That's what you do. Let me show you. To follow the example of Jesus, Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. In our relationships, our approach to our spouses is to take on that same humility and that same servant's heart to give up our rights and to serve them the way that Christ gave up his rights to serve us. 
All right? Now, that's mature. But if you can do that, I'm telling you, it's going to kill 95% plus of the arguments that you ever would have had in your marriage. Because 95% of it comes from selfishness. 95% of it comes from you wanting to make sure that you're right and your spouse knows that they're wrong and it's almost always over something petty or it began as something petty that became dysfunctional that steamrolled and snowballed into something huge and if we had had that servant's heart and approached that relationship like Jesus approached his relationship with us would have been completely different. Completely different. He gave himself 100%. You got anything you want to add on that? No. <laughs> no? Because it, it falls into, you get this ugly power struggle. All these fights and arguments in marriage, it comes from self and our self-will wanting to be right, and it turns into this ugly power struggle on who's going to run the marriage. 99 times out of 100. Who's going to be the boss? Who's going to run this thing? When we focus on our role in a Christian marriage, that whole competition disappears. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. We're not fighting in our marriage anymore. We're fighting for our marriage. We're not focusing on our rights. We're focusing on the biblical role that we're supposed to have as a husband and a wife. Giving ourselves completely. Giving up our rights. Pretty sure Jesus had some rights. I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't have to die on the cross if he didn't want to. I'm pretty sure when those people were mocking and making fun of him, he could have done something if he wanted to. And he had the right to do it. He's the son of stinking God. He could have done it if he wanted to. Right? He could have done it if he wanted to. He could have turned them all into chickens and kicked them all over the yard if he wanted to. He could have done anything and he would have had the right to do it because who are we to mock an eternal God? He chose to give up his rights because of his love. Because he knew his role. Jesus gave up his rights so that he could focus on his role. Um, and I think... That, in and of itself, will kill the majority of it. I mean, just ask yourself some quick questions. I'm, we're going to skip ahead on the notes a little bit, media guys, because I know we're kind of running short on time here this morning. Um, in the first part of Philippians chapter 2, this, um, this verse on, on dealing, or this chapter dealing with relationships with one another and in marriage, um, there's some great attributes that are given, talking about encouragement and peace and, and giving selflessly and being a source of compassion and tenderness and all of that. Just ask yourself some, some questions in your marriage. Is, that, is there encouragement in your marriage? It's a good question to ask. Is there encouragement? Husbands, do you encourage your wife? Do you, do you speak life over her or do you belittle her all the time? If you're, belittle, you're belittling her all the time, you're stepping outside your role. I don't know how many guys I, I've hung out with and just heard them run their wives down, making jokes about their wives. And I was like, that's just, I've been there and I've done that. I know it benefits me much better to speak life and to speak well about my wife. You want to look different as a man out in public and let your witness for Jesus shine through? Be that one guy that talks about his wife like she's the greatest thing in the world. You'll set yourself apart. It's no different with the women do the same thing. I've seen it with women, too. Uh, they cut their husbands down. They make fun of them, mock them, and everything out in public, too. It's the same, same exact scenario. Yeah. So the second one would be, are you a source of peace? Like when, you're, when your spouse comes around you, do they tense up and go, 
here we go again. Or do they lean in and just give you that kiss? Peace, harmony, unity right there. You can have peace in your marriage. You can have peace in your marriage. Um, Does your spouse feel like they have to walk on eggshells around you? You know, your husband comes home. Do you have to, you know, sometimes yeah. I've heard stories of women where they, they have to pick the right moment to ask their husband what for something that they want because, oh, he's in a bad mood or he's this, you know, do they have to walk on eggshells around yeah. you? Or same thing with the wife, you know, you come home and the wife's just, you walk through the door and she's seething. What I do? What's, what's wrong? What happened today? I don't even know what's going on, but there's daggers coming out of her eyes at me right now. <laughs> It's true, though. And look, like, women get their bad rap, though, for playing the emotional card a lot, like, to try to manipulate God. Look, nothing exhausts a man more than being manipulated by a woman. Guys, are y'all with me? Nothing exhausts a man like that. Because we know when it's happening, don't we? We usually know when it's happening. We're just doing the math on whether or not it's worth the emotional investment to try to fight through this or just give in. It exhausts us. Women get a bad rap on that sometimes, but guys do the same thing. We don't have the big toolbox like women do. Usually we just try to intimidate with our anger. Why don't you just do what I'm asking you to fall and flipping and throw stuff and all that stuff to try to intimidate and beat people? Man, that's, that's not what God wants for your marriage, man. Um, peace, I think, is, is a huge earmark. Do you, do you have peace in your marriage? I found, that's too, that... Um, you know, sometimes you find yourself almost as a woman manipulating and not even realizing you're doing it. You know, when you want something, I'd be like, I want this, you know, and if I ask him this way or if I do that, and I was like, what am I doing? Just ask him. Yeah. So what I found myself doing is I, <laughs> when I want something, you know, insignificant, you know, not a God issue, just something that I want, a horse or something. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This was the big thing you're that became, where this became, this oh, became a habit <laughs> in my life of asking this way was to ask him straight out what I wanted and if he would say no instead of doing that. Because the first reaction is, that's not fair. Why am I having to ask you for something? I'm a grown woman. Why can't I just have what I want? Yeah, but horses are different, though, because you, you say, horses, no, I'm, I'm just saying. Horses, like, I know you love them, but I have had a bad experience with, with horses because, like the, the guy on the movie said, they're dangerous on both ends and shifty in the middle. Like, I just don't trust horses. I just don't, but you love them. Anyways, um, but I found that I just, I ask him for something, and if I don't get what I want, and I feel unfair about it or whatever, I I literally take it to God, and I just say, okay, God, this is something that I want. My husband is the head of our house. He disagrees with me on this. This is something that's important to me. I want it, or it's just something silly that I want, you know. If this is something that it, in life is okay, would you please change his mind? Because I found that when he says yes that through that, the outcome is so much better. If I manipulate, 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 and he says yes, guess what? That gift comes with a package on the side that is arguments, fights, and everything down yeah. the road. It's, there's no peace with that. But if he says, hey, you really want this, he, and he's done it. And sometimes I've gotten what I want, and sometimes I don't. But either way, I have peace about it because I took it to God first and let him, you know, and just said, God, give me peace about not having what I want. You know, this is my husband. I trust him. And maybe you know some, he knows something that I don't know or whatever, yeah. and, and it, it's been better. Yeah, it's a lot better. Cause and I have horses. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you, got, you got a lot of horses. I have two. That is not a lot. <clears throat> that's that's two hundred percent more than I was comfortable with. So that's I love you that much because you got horses. They were free. Just, it, see, that's a great problem. 
I'm not even going to bite on that. There's no such thing as a free animal because you've got to pay to feed it. you got to pay to, but I get it. I get it. Um, do you give, here's another, here's another one to, to run your marriage, another filter to run your marriage through. Do you give without expecting to get? Do you give in your marriage without expecting to get? Um, guys, it's okay to, to give back rubs and foot massages without expecting anything else. That's, we've got some amens coming. See, I'm keeping y'all with us, keeping y'all with us this morning. It, it's okay. To, to do that, but there's, yeah. there's you have to give time stuff. and invest in your your relationship too. I know women sometimes um, we get so concerned about having a clean house, the kids, everything just right with the kids, yeah. and we go on and everything has to be right. That we we forget about giving that time to our spouse at the end of the day. You know, our husband comes home, he's worked, he just wants to sit down. We want a clean house. We want that's that's our little domain. We want it all in order, and we forget to invest time in our relationship, and we forget to take the time. For our spouse, and I was actually looking this up, and there's um, the empty nester syndrome. In the last, um, since 1990, they did the number of divorce rate has gone has doubled since 1990 because people invest in their kids, and their whole world revolves around their kids. And then when the kids leave home, they have nothing left for each other because they didn't give their time and their in their relationship with their yeah. spouse, and they didn't give to each other, and they have nothing left at the end. So it's important to make sure you're giving your time to your spouse without expecting, you know, oh, well, if you'll do the dishes, then I'll come sit down and watch a movie with you. No, just go sit down and watch a movie with them, even if it's something you don't like. Kiss you on the mouth right now. And try and stay awake through the whole thing. (laughs) Right, try to stay awake through the whole thing. Well, it's huge. You know, spending time together is fun. Look, sometimes it's okay to let your husband or your wife go do stuff with their friends. No strings attached. Just let the dude go have fun and watch a movie. Just let the guy go to it. I don't know. I, I'm not picking on you ladies, but I do know this. I know a lot of frustrated men because they can't go do anything with their friends for whatever reason because they have to go through World War Three with their wife to get any kind of free time. Look, it, your spouse is your spouse, but, man, they're, I mean, let them, let them have some fun. Let them get out and let them, let them hang out with their friends. Not like go to the bar, you know, and, and hang out till 2 in the morning or anything like that. Um, that's, that's a different scenario. But men of God ought to be able to hang out with men of God. That's how iron sharpens iron, amen? You want a better husband? Let him go hang out and have some fun with the men of God. Same thing with the guys. Let your lady go out and have some fun with the ladies. That's true. Doesn't that sound good? And watch the kids. And watch the kids when they do it. <laughs> he does. He I does do. that for me. I have a girls night I go hang out once a month, and he watches the kids unless there's something scheduling-wise that, that gets in the way, but he does good to help that. And yeah. when he says, hey, I'm going to go camping for four days, I say, okay, have fun. Can I do anything to help you go? And not, and it, that sounded bad, didn't it? Can I do anything? <laughs> you just go. <laughs> Can I get you out of the house any faster? No, but. <laughs> like sometimes it's good to get away, and sometimes you need to get away. And go but we've, we've never really, this has not ever really been an issue for us. This no. one, We got this one down. That's cool. At that point, we got good, you know. We didn't have to walk through that all crazy. But we've always let each other just go, you know. If you need your time, go. You know, go yeah. hang with the guys. Go hang with the girls. That yeah. Those relationships are important to have. You should have friendships outside of your marriage. Yeah. They're yeah. important. It's true. It's hard to do that, though, if you're a selfish person that doesn't trust other people. You know what I'm it's saying? True. So you got to get over that self stuff. Um, here's, here's a good one. Are you a source of compassion and tenderness in your relationship? I'm not going to lie. I'm not any good at this. <laughs> But, but I like to get good. it when I need it. I like to receive it, but I have a hard time giving sometimes. I like giving it, too. That's just... you, you're a little bit better, I think, at this than me. But, but I'm working good. on it. Sometimes it's good better. to work on stuff. like and, and not just like, 
affirmation kind of stuff. Look, sometimes you got to give your spouse a mulligan when they do something dumb, right? True. Tenderness and compassion in those moments too. Like we had, <laughs> we had. I'm gonna go ahead and tell it. Oh, I don't we had a, the mailbox incident. Oh. Where, like we were working. I forget what we were again. It's always around work somehow. somewhere. we're working together. Kelly's back in are not so. Well, we just recently bought this thing, and our, this, I still got it out there. It's a white truck. It's got a thousand and million billion miles on it now, but then it was pretty new. She was backing it out this driveway and had the door open. She was busy doing a bunch of different stuff. You ever seen Tommy Boy? Can't Where this. the dude's backing up at the gas station and just folds the door over like that. She totally pulled a Tommy boy on the truck and was backing it up and folded the door. Um, Before you the, make the me look direction. bad, can we just see a show of hands? How many girls in here could back a trailer? Okay, we'll just leave that there. No, Go continue with your story. You're good at that. But I got, I got, make fun of me I got all aggravated. I was like, what, what in the world? Can you, you back, did, bit the, how did how does that even happen, you know? How did that even happen? And I made this big deal out of it. Well, it wasn't too long after that, though. I was like, we we kind of rigged the door, and it still is kind of rigged. It never really got fixed, but it opens and closes okay. I was backing out of another driveway at night, and I was backing out of this spot in a driveway just across the street. You know those big, indestructible brick mailbox things that they're not indestructible <laughs> they're not indestructible dude i hit that thing and took it straight off the foundation like i backed into that thing was like bam and it went boom and broke in half that stunk that stunk and then i was thinking oh man i just i just given her this hard time about doing that with the door with a mailbox and here I am backing into a mailbox and taking it off its foundation. You, you don't feel like you want to go out and finish your master's or your doctorate degree after you do something like that, <laughs> you know. So I think, uh, I think tenderness and compassion showing that is big, too, because, look, we're not perfect. Amen? Probably sooner or later you're going to make a mistake, too. So if they burn the biscuits, who cares? Make more biscuits. All right? If they wreck the car, who cares? It's what insurance is for. All right, sooner or later, you're probably going to do something silly, and you're going to want a little bit of forgiveness, too. Um, we're going to jump back to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, again, as we close. This is just a powerful chapter in Scripture. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. <coughs> Not just each other, your spouse. Value them above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And that's the key right there, guys. Can't get around that. Every time conflict in marriage comes from selfishness that's showing its little head because of neglecting a relationship with God usually, selfishness every time and it turns into a power struggle between the two people and it can absolutely be prevented by one principle if you focus on your role and not your rights all of that stuff will die in the presence of God before it manifests itself in your household every time every time makes sense 
Make sense? Focus on your role, what you can do to be the spouse that your husband or your wife needs. Don't focus on how they're blowing it. Don't focus on how they're missing the mark. Can you imagine? Can, I mean, I, can you imagine where we would be if Jesus looked at us that way? That's just, it's just amazing. So focus on your role, not your rights. What if we're the perfect spouse and doing everything right and the other spouse is just completely selfish and they're out in left field doing their own thing and it's <laughs> totally one-sided? <laughs> you know, there are, there are situations where that's the truth, all right? Um, where, like, you're praying, you're in the Word of God and your spouse has just decided to be just a tearhead. I get that. Um, but in our marriages, we're, su- we're supposed to reflect who? Who are we supposed to reflect? God. The relationship between Christ and His church. Um, you got to love. You got to show forgiveness. And you got to allow time for restoration in a process like that. And I'm not saying that that's easy. Because it's incredibly frustrating. But think about this. How long do we blaze our own trail and do our own things before we accepted the forgiveness of Jesus for our sins? Okay? And if we're supposed to reflect that heart to our husband or our wife, man, that's a lot of grace that we've got to show to them. We've got to give up our rights and focus on our role. Um, that... Just think about all the all the mistakes that you've made. If we started just for the last couple of years in your relationship with Jesus, how many times after accepting Him as your Lord and Savior have you done something stupid and had to come back and ask for forgiveness? You know, and He's always there. He's always faithful to forgive. That's the approach we got to have. If you're married to someone who's just determined to do it their own way, listen. Disagreements and arguments is not grounds for divorce. Okay? I see more marriages tap out because they can't get along. They could fix it just by applying this one spiritual principle. Because you don't get along with somebody is not grounds for divorce. It's not. It's not. Um, What you got usually is two very emotionally immature people that don't know how to find their behind spiritually with both hands. And, And you can grow past that. You can grow past that. But even, even in extreme situations where you've got a spouse that cheats on someone, or, I mean, I mean, just the cardinal sin, I cheated, I walked away, I'm leaving you. Listen, I know that gives you a scriptural out for divorce, but it's never God's heart for a marriage to end in divorce. Right. Ever. Right. Ever. Ever. Just because he gives you an out doesn't mean that it's his heart. He gave Israel a king when he didn't want them to have one. Okay, just because you got an out doesn't mean that's the best course of action. At the end of the day, ask yourself how many times you've cheated on Jesus. If we're supposed to reflect that same heart to the people that we're married to, man, that's a lot of grace and that's a lot of forgiveness that we're supposed to emulate. And that can only come from one place, and that's your relationship with God. That's why if you don't have it, you can't give it. You've got to start there. So focus on your role and not your rights, and it'll knock out about 95% of 
But the majority of the issues that you would have faced, it'll be killed in the presence of God before it ever starts. Amen? Good stuff this morning? It challenge you? Did it bless you? Good deal. Let's stand to our feet as we close this morning.